Most of us walk in the physical world 70% of the time and in the spiritual world only 30%. This is not how we should be living our lives. Ideally, you'll want to shift that walk the other way. This is To Win Within with Strong Thomason. If you're trying to really live your life instead of just going through the motions, you've come to the exact right place. Now, here's your host, Strom Thomason. Good afternoon. Um, thank you for joining me today. I'll be continuing my story. Uh, before I do that, though, I kind of just wanted to put something out there. I'm feeling a little under the weather, but, um, you know, there's a lot of natural cures. You know, when I talk about, you know, getting into that spiritual side, some of the discoveries you make are that because we're of this earth, everything that ails us can be cured by something on this earth. And so a lot of times, you know, we go to doctors that aren't necessarily taught some of the old Chinese medicine and whatnot. And if you're out there and you happen to be listening to my show, even if it's a podcast and you're going to get sick or you feel like you're going to get sick, you're trying to avoid being sick. There's, there's something called colloidal silver and it is a natural antibiotic. And this, this basically you take it sublingually or you mix it with water And it's been known for generations. If you look back originally, maybe some of you are listening, it could be your great-grandparents, and they ate with silverware. They had tea sets made out of silver. And so they were naturally taking it in, and it was an antibacterial for the foods back then because they didn't have the level of refrigeration or whatnot. And so this would kind of help their immune system deal with any kind of bacteria or viruses that came into their body. So I wanted to throw that out there real fast. It was something that kind of was put on me and, and, and came to a surprise at a question. And so I thought, you know what, I, I should, if I'm going to be about mind, body, and soul in this journey that I'm going on, you know, trying to do it through a radio show. And, you know, I am, I'm an example of where I'm trying to teach, but it doesn't matter what level of consciousness you're on or what level of tools. If you don't utilize them, you know, they're, 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 they're useless. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's a waste. And so you're going to go through things in life. You're going to come upon obstacles, no matter where you are and how, how much spirit you have inside of you and how you're living your life. You're going to come to obstacles that are going to be, challenging for you where ego may creep up on you a little bit and you get lost in your mind and you start wondering what everybody's thinking and you know to be honest with you that was my first show I was literally embarking on sharing this message with a broader audience and I got in my head like I started listening to myself talk and that, that, that kind of panic, fight or flight feeling came over me on that first show. And it was hard for me to overcome it. You know, it, it, I did, I literally got off of that first show and thought to myself, what is happening? What are you doing? What is going on with you? You're not in that right place. You know, when we're in a place of panic or fear, 
we're in that low frequency of, 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 of not our best, you know, we're not making our best decisions then. And I was at that point where I was kind of stuck in that place and I had to dig deep and utilize those tools, you know, just like a, a comedian gets on stage and, and they bomb, you know, they, they get the feel of the audience. They get to understand what that medium is like. Cause you're, you're embarking on a, a new level of interest for you and for others. You're trying to share your experiences. Maybe you want to make the, you know, if it's comedy, you want to make them laugh. If you're learning how to ride a bike, you're trying not to fall. But, you know, we all go through those things where we conquer those things. And in this particular case, you know, I felt that what I did as a life coach talking with people that I could try to go to a different medium, which was, you know, radio and have people be able to when they're asking those questions about life, it just be another source, whether it's Les Brown or Tony Robbins, you know, everybody got their start. You know, uh, Eckhart Tolle, which, by the way, I'm sure you've heard of some of them, uh, probably Tony Robbins, because he had an infomercial at two o'clock in the morning. And, and he's he's an amazing person. He's done so much in the mainstream media. But I mean, Les Brown is incredible. Um, Eckhart Tolle, Wayne Dyer. These are all people that when I was going through my awakening, you know, um, I would come upon these individuals, you know, they would come into my life. I was asking these questions and I was seeking and searching and, you know, the universe, God, you know, whatever label you want to put on it, he will put that, you know, you will draw in your thoughts. And so I was wondering why I was born this way, why I thought these things, you know, how I could contribute to it other than utilizing it for sales or, or, con- or convincing people of, of whatever I had come up with as a, as a thought. Um, and so in that, I found these incredible people that were saying very similar things that I would say to people in different times, but just in a different way. And so to get back where I left off last week, which was my father having a moment with me where something that was very traumatic for a very sensitive soul, he, he recognized and apologized to me. And it wasn't something that I was seeking. And I had forgiven him and accepted whatever relationship I can have with him. And you can't do that unless you're in the spirit. You know, my, my ego had a whiteboard and he was way behind and I had all the good excuses on why he shouldn't have done what he did because he was the dad and I was the son and you know, all these different justifications, but none of those mattered. After experiencing what I experienced with my grandparents, none of that stuff matters. You know, we see it time and time again to where in times of emergency, in times of crisis, even if it's not your family, it doesn't matter. You know, when I was young, I remember there was a story about a little girl fell down in a well and, you know, everybody was in the town was working for it and all resources were gathered and anybody would do anything, donate, do everybody came together. 
There's no ego involved in that. There's the recognition that we're all connected and compassion and love and empathy, all of the amazing highest frequencies come out in those moments. So I was having a, a microcosm of that moment by just letting go of the resentment and the anger that I had for my father and understanding that he wasn't conscious of those things. And when he was, he wanted to avoid them. They were super painful for him. Nothing I could have said or done would have made him more aware of his actions than loving him. The world doesn't teach you that. The world teaches you the opposite. You deserve this and you deserve that and they're behind and they should do this and they should do that. All these expectations and stipulations, which is just, it's wrong. I mean, I, I, you know, I can come up with some crafty way to say it, but you're just absolutely wrong. And you know that in your heart, holding on to that hate does nothing but hurt you. It doesn't do anything to that other person. They don't, they don't care. They will justify themselves right out of that. The ego is amazing at coming up with crazy excuses to get you out of feeling anything, to get you out of relation. So in that moment, I had let go of even thinking about that traumatic event. It wasn't even in my mind when I was talking to him and telling him that I forgave him. And in that moment, he was present with me. He was filled with the energy of my love and compassion and acceptance. I didn't justify his actions. It wasn't my place to judge him for all of his actions. It didn't matter. I was never going to get that anyway. Doing, being an ego, I would never have gotten that. Being in spirit, it was a gift that I didn't even think I was going to receive. It was a powerful lesson. And I had, you know, at that time in my life when I was going through it, I had the struggles of, you know, thinking about material things and believing that money would make you happy. And, you know, I had all kinds of things. I had kids and, you know, bills and, and I just, I never believed living my life exactly the way everybody said that it should be lived made any sense to me. It just didn't. It never did. I never had that feeling. I always wanted connection with people. Almost to a fault where I would get frustrated with people. I, it, it was annoying to me that somebody couldn't just be real. And so a lot of that in that moment for me was very pivotal. It really changed the dynamic of what I thought. And it was soon after that that I found out that my father was dying, which is like... You know, and I don't know exactly the amount of time between all of them and everything that happened, but it was, they were close together within years. And, you know, it was, it was shocking to me because he didn't want to see me still. I mean, I hadn't seen him in, in, you know, maybe six, seven, eight, nine years, whatever the amount was. I hadn't seen him in a long time. And so I remember him 
couple, maybe a couple months after that, him calling me and, you know, saying that he was, that he had cancer and that, you know, it was terminal and, and, you know, my sister and I were like immediately wanting to go see him. And uh, he didn't want us to see us. He did not want to see either one of us. And it was, it was really strange because he said goodbye to us on the phone. And I was like, I want to get on a plane tomorrow. You know, I don't want him to leave without me seeing him. And the funny thing about it is, is that um, my grandfather, when he passed away, he literally withered away. I mean, this guy was like six foot one, maybe six foot. And at one time in his life, before he had diabetes, he was probably 240 pounds of, like, muscle. Like, just solid, like, you know, defensive back. I mean, he was, he was, he was solid. And it was, it was amazing to me how quickly, when he decided to go, and he had the acceptance that, that that his he was moving on out of this life. How quickly he withered away, and I thought to myself, I haven't seen my father in so long. What's he going to look like? You know, and I got on a plane, like the very next day. And when we were in the air, it was probably a three-hour plane ride. When we were in the air, he passed away. And when we landed, we were given the news. And there was something in me that I wasn't even, I don't know, I can't, I can't explain. I wasn't even sad. I wasn't sad in the sense that I didn't get to see him. You know, I was, I was thankful that if that's the way he chose to go, if he didn't want us to see him, then... That's the way it happened. There was like there was like a, almost a an appreciation for whatever time I had with him, and I was so thankful that I had that. And it was it was by choice. I mean, it really was. I made a choice to do it, and I I, I forgave him, and in that place of grace, I was able to have a relationship with my father instead of having nothing and then he passed away and living with regret, living with thoughts of woulda, coulda, shoulda. And it really changed me. It changed me going through the funeral. It changed me on on letting things go. And It really, it really made me focus on, on what mattered, you know, my children and the relationships and how fleeting having that many deaths happen in such a quick amount of time and they have such impact on you. And my grandparents practically raised me. I was there like every summer, every summer they were like putting me, you know, at the farm. That's what I did. I went to the farm. I hung out with my grandfather. I took care of horses and, you know, mowed fields and worked on tractors and all kinds of stuff, which was great. And my grandfather was an amazing person. And so was my grandmother. 
And to have the, that loss in my life, and then I had a tumultuous relationship with my father and being able to have whatever relationship I could with him, having that awareness because I just had had a child of my own and then another one. So I was fully aware of what that meant, you know, how much bigger life is than some anxiety or story that you have. So it really, it really was pivotal in changing my awareness of what was important. And it spurred me on to appreciate moments that I had with my kids or my mother or my stepfather. My stepfather was an incredibly kind man generous man who had his own set of pains and issues and we were very close this man taught me a great deal in life he helped me in a lot of places of of awareness and and his love of spirit he was just a good man and we're going to go to commercial break, and I'll continue telling you the story of, of how I came to this place and what my journey was. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to live the life of inner peace that you deserve. Tune in every week for Sacred Exploration with host Lisa Tremont Oda. You can discover the you that has been kept hidden all this time. Show off your personal gifts to the world. Lisa and her guests will combine health and spirituality to bring you the experience that you've been waiting for. You'll enjoy this journey every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sure to be a nourishing experience. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Who are you, really? Are you the person you want to be, or are you the person that others want you to be? Think about that. We don't always recognize our gifts and potential because we stick to old methods of being and do what others in our lives tell us. 
It's time to break through. Listen for Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. Each program connects you back to whom you were meant to be every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to To Win Within. To reach Strom Thomason or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to stromsworld at yahoo.com. Now back to this week's show. Okay. So, we're at the point where... um, my father has passed, and I've learned incredible lessons from that. And <clears throat> a, a new man comes into my mother's life, and he's an incredible person. He's generous, and he's so different than my, than my father or any coach or anybody that I had as a, as a male figure in my life. A lot of them were kind of a 1950s coach mentality, you know, just – be tough, be strong, you know, no crying, no emotions. You're a man and this is what it means. And this guy, you know, my stepfather was just one of those incredible people that he didn't think like that. He was he was brought up in that same age. And so there was a little bit of, you know, confusion for him as far as being too emotional. But with me, we were able to connect on that level. And I remember, you know, me talking about, you know, kind of my spiritual road and some of the things that happened to me. And we got in really deep philosophical discussions. And I remember him mentioning to me that he almost became a minister in his life. And he had gotten married and had a child. And for some, you know, just whatever happened in his life, he didn't end up doing it. But it was always like a calling and a connection for him that he never explored. And so I end up, you know, I, I, we live in the same town, you know, and so we're, we're visiting all the time and holidays. And I would just go over there just to say hi and hang out with him. And, you know, I had a family of my own and, and I'd bring him over there and we were, we were just kind of a close family. We hung out a lot. And, I remember having a friend of mine that I had met, I'd moved out kind of into the country and I had met a friend and, and he was, you know, did some construction, did some stuff on my house and we kind of got into a conversation and I was really tapping into that level of spirituality and understanding that I had, like, I had the ability to have conversations with, with people about wherever they were, whatever they defined their spirituality. Like I had, a, I had the ability to really tap into that. And what I noticed was, is when I got into that place with people, 
it was like they were really genuine. They became present. Like I was really having real conversations with them. They were confessing like their thoughts, like their the way that they viewed religion, the way that they viewed God, the way that they viewed life. They were giving me like real responses and I could feel it. Just like I could feel people's emotions when they were happy or sad, I could literally feel that they were present with me. And so this guy and I became super good friends. I mean, like we talked for hours and I would get almost like a um, Southern minister or a preacher where I would just, I would be just filled with this level of energy and excitement and and I would just start talking to him. And he, one day he just looked at me and he said, I want you to do me a favor. And I was like, sure. He's like, I want you to go with me to a prison. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I want you, I want you to go to a prison with me. And I want you to like witness to these people. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not really like talking about any type of religion. I'm not really saying like specific things. I'm talking about the whole concept. And he goes, I know. He goes, I can feel God coming through you. I can feel that positive energy. I can feel you, you know, not let someone's excuse be their crutch. Like you just white, you just like dismiss it and you, you empower me. I, I, I go home and I write things. I go home and I share what you've said when I, when I go to these prisons and I talk to these people that, are, that think that they're down on the luck and think that they're not worth something. I do that. And here's, here's where when you ask for something, you know, like when, you, when your energy and your thoughts are into it, I remember thinking I love being in those moments with him. I love, it was like, you know, I had him with my stepdad and, and, and I had him with this gentleman. I didn't necessarily have him like with every person I met. It was very rare that I got to explore that in such a way. And so it's really ironic because the universe will put you in that place. So my thoughts were about actually taking this step. It was out of my norm, it was out of my comfort zone. And just like moving into this place where I was going to go. So I kept, you know, he's like, you want to come this week? You know, you want to come next month? And he was always asking, always steady. And I would always say, no, you know, no, you know, no. I, you know, maybe next week I got this going on. I always had a reason. And I felt weird when I didn't go. Like I felt like I was, I wanted to go, but I didn't know what the experience was like. My brain was wrapped up in it. And so I had fear. I had fear of what if. Like I'm going into a prison that are locking the door behind me, which is really ironic because I'm six foot five and 250 pounds. So it's not like I'm this little tiny, you know, wallflower that I can't go into a situation. And I, I, I kept putting it off. And it was very strange because I had gotten, I had gotten a divorce um, earlier. Uh, in my life and I got a ticket and I totally forgot about it. I mean, I just didn't even, it didn't occur to me. I had moved three times and I never got tickets and never got, and nothing ever happened to me. You know, I didn't, I didn't pulled over. I didn't drive crazy. So, you know, years and years and years, I mean, probably like eight years passed by and I'm driving and 
I get in a car accident, and the first thing they ask you for is your driver's license. So I hand him my driver's license, and the dude goes, hey, you got a suspended driver's license. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you got a suspended driver's license. I don't know the way it is in any other state, but in Texas, if you have a suspended driver's license and have for a long time, like you've got to go through the court system. There's like no way. You can't just pay a fine or get out of it. Like you have to go through the court system. And so after I got in the car accident, I was visited by a police officer and he said, hey, listen, we didn't take you to jail that day of the car accident, but like you got to go through the process and you got to get in front of the judge. That's how I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, why? I'm not a threat to society. Why can't I just pay something or show up on a court date? He's like, it doesn't work that way. And I was like, okay. And I had no idea. I had no idea how it worked. So the cop asked me at my house, you know, do you want to go and, and take care of this now? And I was like, sure. I didn't know I was going to have to go into jail or go through getting finger. I didn't know I was going to have to do any of that stuff. So I just said, yes, I got in the back of the car and I went and told my wife where I was going. You know, I'd be back later. And all of a sudden I get there and he's like, you know, you're going to, until you see the judge, you have to be in a cell. And I was like, why? And he goes, well, that's just the way it is. And I was like, okay, well, you know, how much is it for me to get, you know, post bond or bail? I mean, what can I do for this? He's like, no, the judge will set the time and he'll tell you what it is. It's probably going to be, and I can't remember how much it was at the time he told me. So I was like, can I call my wife and tell her, you know, what's going to happen? And he said, sure. And so I called her and told her to bring the money down and I went in and they fingerprinted me and I, next thing you know, I'm in a cell. And I, I decided to go really early in the morning. So there's like people there from the night before. And the next thing you know, I'm in a cell with people that are like passed out or on drugs or doing, you know, just acting crazy. And there's a lot of different nationalities of people because I was, I was by an army base. So there was people from all over the country and some people from all over the world. And in this, this jail cell, it was big. There was a lot of people in there. And so I was sitting there and I was just being quiet and I was just kind of observing people that were there. And I was thinking, what is the reason behind me being in this jail cell for a suspended driver's license? This seems crazy to me that this would happen. And a guy came to the door and, and, and I said, when am I getting out of here? He's like, well, the judge is going to be in and then the judge will make the decision and then they'll let you out. And, you know, you're probably going to stay here till after lunch because then you'll count for a day and the state will get paid for it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, all right. So I sat there and I was thinking about what my purpose was in that place. And the next thing you know, I had somebody, older gentleman, older black gentleman, looks at me and asks me what my story is. He's like, what are you doing in here? And so I just started talking to him. I told him what it was about. And and he said, well, you're going to be in here until 12 o'clock because the state gets paid for you being in here. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. I go, well, someone said something to me about that. And he's like, well, you know, it may be, you know, 12, 2, 3 o'clock. And I was like, wow. So he looks at me and he goes, that's okay. You can get back to your your perfect life, your white life. I mean, you're 
you're a tall white man and your life's probably been easy for you. And I don't know what came over me, but we just started talking. And I looked at him and I said, you know, honestly, I think that people, you know, that are born, people have more advantages than others because they're born into a situation. But I think if you allow that situation to dominate your life, then then at some point you're responsible for your own life. You're responsible for the way it looks. You are exactly where you are because of all of your choices. Not just because of circumstances, not just because somebody did something to you. I mean, the world teaches people how to be victims, to constantly look at the differences and constantly envy the people that had a good life. And this guy didn't know anything about me other than the color of my skin. And he made an assumption. And in that moment, I expressed to him, we celebrate movies like Rudy, you know, the guy that's undersized at an Irish Catholic school, you know, gets to play a game. And we celebrate people who overcome those things. We celebrate people that have, that have been born in a situation and they overcome it, whether it's a physical or an emotional handicap, whatever that is, we celebrate those people. And so he's kind of like looking at me. He's like, yeah, but you don't know my life and you don't know what I've been through. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. But I know that God blessed everybody. We're all from the same source. God blessed all of us to be able to go overcome anything if we don't accept being a victim. And I said, you know, there was a there was a younger kid that was there and he was like really angry. And so he started saying, you know, that's bullshit, this and that. And he's like, give me an example of somebody that I can relate to that would be an example of that. And I said, listen, how do you explain NWA? How do you explain Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg? And Ice T, and for some of you, you may not know who these people are, but they were people that I grew up with that when rap first started, and Congress was having, you know, hearings on on this. I'm getting ready to do. A... Basically, they were having hearings about these gentlemen talking about their lives, and I, honestly, they were they were gangsters, man. They were selling drugs. They were, they they had prostitutes. They didn't treat women right. But these guys had music, and they were singing with with passion about what their life was like and overcoming the obstacles, and what it was like to live in their skin, so to speak, and not be related to, and to be judged. And they were passionate about it, and it struck a chord. Their passion struck a chord, and then these same guys that were like killers and had been in jail and were pimps, all these guys. I mean, Ice-T does a show called Law and Order. Ice-Q did movies for Disney about being a family man, and these guys were hard. They realized that they had the power to control their destiny and they stopped being a victim 
They lived it. They worked hard. They All they wanted to do was have their music be heard. They weren't thinking about being bazillionaires. They went through the, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff that doesn't freaking matter. And they figured out, oh my gosh, material doesn't matter. I'm so much more than that. If I can be, if I can go from being a gangster to selling millions of records and relating to millions of people, then why, what else do I want to do? I go, and so you can't tell me that you grew up in a meaner street. I said, if you could do anything right now, if I had the ability to grant you your life right now, I'm going to grant you whatever you want in your life. Do you know what that is? And he's like, it's simple. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Tell me. He goes, I'd be a barber, but I can't. And I said, why? And he's like, because I got child support and all I do is like work. And then I go out and party. And sometimes I get in trouble when I party and I got, you know, I got thrown in jail because I got in a fight. And I was like, dude, you're, you're just perpetuating your life. I go, take, take the time, take the time. If this is really your dream, take the time. Work three jobs. Stop going out and getting drunk. Stop getting in fights with people. Take yourself out of the place of trying to hide from your issues, trying to drown them away. And work towards that goal. Take yourself out of that equation and, and, and put the effort in. These guys spent days in the studio per- perfecting their craft. I mean, Ice Cube was a poet. He wrote all these lyrics. And we're getting ready to go to commercial break. And when I get back, I will finish this amazing moment that I had. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, you're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Don't you just wish sometimes that life could come with a do-over button? We'd probably use it a lot more than we think. What if there was one do-over button you could use each week? Make that place the Voice America Empowerment Channel for Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with host Marilyn Mosier. Marilyn and her guests will help you find the key to break free from the chains of your life and start anew. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything... 
what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to to win within to reach Strom thomason or his guests today please call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to stromsworld at yahoo.com now back to this week's show all right so i'm i'm in this prison i'm giving examples um, and I feel like I'm talking to this guy, like, but the strangest feeling came over me. It's almost like I was, <clears throat> that Southern minister was coming out of me and I was talking and I was standing up and I was waving my arms all over the place. And I had no idea that this transformation had happened. Like none. It was just, it was like, it was coming through me. And some of the things that I was saying, I don't remember now. And I, I can honestly tell you that it was like I had no awareness that the people, and there was probably, I don't know, 10, 15 people, maybe 20 people in this cell with me. I hadn't even looked at everybody in the eye or anything. I was just kind of like talking to this one guy that at the time I was, you know, in my late 30s, early 40s, and he was, you know, probably 25 to 30, somewhere in that age. And so I am witnessing to this person and talking to them about they have the power to change their lives. And those are examples of people that were in the exact same place that they were and had like even more traumatic moments. This wasn't a contest to see who had the worst situation. You know, sometimes we get so competitive of woe is me that, you know, it's exhausting listening to somebody's story and, and them listening to your story and nobody really getting anything out of it other than just being upset. And so here I am talking with this person. It's coming through me. And I swear <clears throat> I can still remember the feeling of being just filled. I mean, filled with energy. And everybody in that cell felt that energy. And as I'm talking to him, he's like, okay, so like, you know, all I got to do is just change like what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, change your pattern, change the way you're doing things. You're constantly getting the same result. You're constantly trying to run away from your misery. You don't like the situation, but you're repeating the same shit and you're going to get the same result. Like you're literally going through a place of, I hate my life. I drown myself from my life. I cause more issues. So as I'm talking to this guy, the old, the old gentleman that I first had started talking to, he looks over at me and he says, man, 
you are one crazy white boy. And I started laughing and I said, why do you say that? He's like, because like you don't, you don't even come across as someone that even thinks differently of me. And I go, why would I? And he goes, well, that's what people do. I'm like, but not all people. That may be your story up to this point. That may be what you've perceived up to this point. But after this point, you can't say that. Because I remember saying this and not even realizing what it meant at the time. But I said, this body that you see right here is a house for my soul. Your body is a house for your soul. I'm like, what do you like? six foot and a hundred and maybe 60 pounds. And he said, yeah. And I said, and you're, you're a black man. And he goes, yeah. I go, well, I'm six, five and two fifty, and I'm a white guy, but we're connected. We're from the same source. This is just a house. That's it. And you have that house. So I'm connecting with you. It doesn't matter to me what color you are. It doesn't matter to me what language you speak. None of that stuff matters to me. We're brothers. And I didn't know necessarily about the things that I had learned about ego and, and about, you know, frequency. I didn't know any of that stuff. This was at the beginning. This was a moment that was so powerful to me that I knew that I wanted to repeat it. I didn't think to myself, okay, I'm going to do a radio show and I'm going to be a life coach. There wasn't even such thing as a life coach that I, that I was aware of back then. I'd always thought about being a psychiatrist, but I never went to school for it. I was having kids and I just didn't go to school for it. I can make money doing different things, finance and other things. So I was, I was in this moment that I had never, I'd felt this moment when I was connecting with people, when, when we were both in the present, whether I was in middle school talking to girls or high school and relating to people at parties when I would get them away from the party. And <clears throat> we would be able to have a real conversation and be in depth you know, I had experienced it, but never like this, never to this level. And of all the places, the place that I was trying to avoid and the place that I was nervous what I was going to say, here I am. And I had been thinking about it for weeks. So my thoughts put me in that place. Like the very thing that I was thinking about doing and wouldn't pull the trigger, I end up in that place. And this happens to me like organically. And so I end up start, I start just talking and talking and talking and we're laughing and cutting up and we're going through like life stories and we're all relating. And I mean, there's all different types of people in this cell and everybody is laughing or cutting up. And even if somebody's upset or angry, the energy and the vibe was so connective and so present that if somebody else didn't want to hear it or got angry, the rest of them would just like accept it or, or, or kind of just talk the person into being quiet and then staying in that place. Everybody loved that feeling. And I remember hours just passed by, just, just like it was like, just like that. And the next thing you know, they come up to me and it's like, I don't know, one or two o'clock at some time. And they said, you know, your wife came and the judge said, okay, and that's it. And I got out of the the prison cell, and I remember thinking that I forgot that I was in, in a jail. Like, I forgot that I was in a jail because I was connecting with these people, and I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to see these people again. 
so I leave and my wife looks at me and she says, well, how did that go? And I'm like, well, when I first got there, it really was horrible. It was horrible to think that I was getting ready to be put in a cage like an animal and I could not like talk my way out of it. I couldn't reason my way out of it. I could do anything. Like everybody was focused on just getting me there, going through the process, and then I could leave when they were done with me. And to be in a place of feeling so... just so controlled to be able to take that moment that I figured would be like one of the worst and to pass that many hours and to be able to connect with people. It was amazing. How could that moment turn into what it did turn into and be the first step and a thousand steps of my journey And I remember saying that to my wife and she was like, what are you talking about? She was like, that's, uh, that's amazing. I can't even believe that that happened to you in there. Uh, She's like, you can talk to anybody. And I was like, I know I go, but I really loved it. And so I got out and I was probably, you know, probably six months after that happened and I'm back in the routine of life. I'm back into doing stuff. And, and I started finding myself becoming more aware of pulling people into my life. I felt like after that moment, I really wanted to express more thoughts like that. I wanted to share more of it. And it didn't matter where I was or what I was doing. It was like I was trying to share and connect with people more and more. Like I was drawing that into my life. And so I was having a good time. I was still doing what I did before. You know, I hadn't like decided I was going to change my whole entire life. But I knew that I wanted to experience more real and, and connect with people. And I wanted to explore it. And I was, I was exploring it. I was reading books. I was going through some things. And I'm in a, I think I don't even know what it was. Maybe it was Target or some store. And all of a sudden I see this person walking up to me and... I don't know. I, I didn't recognize him at first. And so I just start smiling because the person's smiling and he's walking up to me and I'm thinking, I don't know where I know this guy from, but it doesn't matter. And he goes, do you remember who I am? And I was like, yeah, I actually, I do. I go, how are you? And he goes, I did what you said, man. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I just, I went home. I wrote out what I wanted to do. I put like pictures of stuff which is like a vision board, I guess. And I, I kind of, it was really strange to me that a lot of the things that I said, I had never read, or if I had, I hadn't committed them to memory because I was not doing them. But for some reason, I expressed this to this guy. And he had done it. He had just, boom. He had taken the information that I had given him. He had created awareness, and then he took action. Now, at the time, I didn't put it like that. I didn't, I didn't structure it that way. But for this guy, he got that. He understood what I was saying. So he goes out and implements this action, which is once you have awareness of something, once you have an answer to a question you've been seeking, the next thing is awareness. You have that awareness, the next thing is action after that. You take action in it. It doesn't matter how many actions 
you have to take. There are no wrong actions. There's only new awareness of how not to do it. It was like Edison said that I created, somebody asked him, you know, what was it like for you when you invented the light bulb? And he said, I created like 5,000 different ways not to do it, but I did it. Like he stuck to it. The same thing with this guy. He stuck to it. He got jobs. He became a bouncer. He filled up his time and he saved his money and he didn't do things that were destructive in his life. He changed the relationship with his life and his perception. And the guy had his own barbershop and he thanked me and gave me a hug in the middle of the store. And at that moment, I knew this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I just had to figure out how. And I will be talking with everybody next week. I will continue this story. And I appreciate y'all and y'all should appreciate yourselves. Everyone's a miracle. Everybody is a miracle and they have something to share. They have something to give. But you have to love yourself. You have to see you being a miracle. You have to be in that frequency of connection and the awareness of it. It will change literally your life. And I will give to anybody who wants to talk to me to visit me at twoinwithin.com to send me a message to life coach with me. I will guide you on this path of awareness and focused action. Until next week, love yourself and love your family members and connect with everybody. Thank you for joining us for To Win Within. Be sure to join Strom Thomason for another edition next Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next show, have an even better week.